Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone, and thanks as always for joining me here. And uh, we've got some interesting stuff to cover on today's episode. I'm going to be talking about some options that I had expire. Uh, Some were assigned this week. That is going to be new for me. I have not uh, gone through covered call options that were actually triggered uh, at that strike price. So we're going to be covering that. We're going to be covering some different valuations and how to figure out whether or not a stock is a good buy based on the EPS, based on the PE, and really where that growth is going from here. So we're going to be covering that. I'm going to do a, a quick cover on Apple. Uh, so we're going to be looking at that. We're going to look, be looking at some other news uh, from some other stocks from the market and really be uh, taking a deeper dive into what is going on out there uh, in the SPY, in the uh, the NASDAQ, and uh, looking at some things in crypto as well, what BlackRock is uh, is doing right now. So um, we also got some earnings news. So I guess we'll go ahead and dive right on in. And uh, first up, I did want to cover some of this options action that I had, uh, I think, on Thursday show, I was talking a little bit about uh, the options that I had and and what was going on with them. The fact that uh, I was potentially going to have some sales trigger and what I thought I could be doing with that money. Um, and that actually did happen. I did uh, luck out on one of those and that, was, that got very, very lucky on this. Well, I, I didn't really want to sell it. So um, I got lucky in that sense. But uh, SoFi, you know, it was on a what, an eight, nine day tear higher. Uh, if I look over the past month on SoFi, uh, man, we started the month in the fours, right? Back uh, on 519, we were at 493. And uh, we got up to a high of $9.74 on the 14th. And then um, close of business on Friday, we dropped down about 10% to around $8.60. Now, I had a strike price of $9, meaning if it closed Friday at $9 or higher, my shares were going to be gone. And uh, it was only a portion of my shares, about 20% of my shares of SoFi. And uh, ultimately, that did not happen. So uh, the thing that saved me, and um, I guess it's going to be two sides to this uh, to this coin. The thing that saved me with SoFi is that they got a downgrade saying that uh, things were running up too high, uh, too fast. Uh, who actually came out with that, um, with that price target here and that uh, change of ratings? So I can officially go on the record and thank them for uh, saving my shares, even though flip side of that, if uh, they did get assigned or if I did sell them on Friday and they came out with this uh, this downgrade on Monday, I could have bought back my shares 10% cheaper. So however you want to look at it, that's kind of the flip side here. But um, uh, Piper Sandler came out on Friday and said $8 and hold. Bank of America said uh, hold at $10 and Oppenheimer said hold at $8 on Thursday. So uh, a lot of people thinking we're fairly valued right now. Uh, back on the 13th, which was, I believe, Tuesday, BTIG came out and said a buy at 14. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of things with the uh, student loan forgiveness, the moratorium on payments that pretty much said, uh, you know, hey, SoFi is going to be a, a, a winner out of this situation. So a lot of people went into buying SoFi simply for the fact of what's going on uh, with those student loan payments, they were a leader in that space. And uh, the fact that student loan payments were going to be turned back on 
uh, people started buying it, right? So um, the fact that uh, we got some downgrades, some people said this is just running way too fast. Like I said, from uh, you know upper four dollar range at the end of May to you know close to ten dollars uh, in the middle of June, right? We're you know pumping the about hundred percent higher in that short amount of time. So. I thought these covered calls were going to be a safe bet. I thought no way were we going to get to $9 in that short amount of time, but ultimately we did. So um, ultimately, those shares stay in my portfolio. I got the uh, the uh, premium for us, you know, attempting to, to write that covered call on my shares. And uh, simply, I just kind of sat around and, and waited to see if it was going to be uh, a predetermined exit or if I was just going to be able to, to keep my shares. Uh, different story on Blackstone, right? Uh, Blackstone has been uh, kind of all over the map with what's going on with banking. Some of the things that were going on with people pulling their money out of uh, Blackstone stock, their uh, their assets under management. They had uh, a limit of about 5% that people could withdraw from the funds. And they've been hitting that quarter over quarter for, uh, I think, three quarters now. Uh, don't quote me on that. I believe that is the number. But um, yeah, so this one had trended up also very uh, very strong over the month right we started under $85 and uh you know now we are we closed uh, friday at $91.13 so um you know i already set a limit order to buy back into blackstone lower than this and um i'm only buying about uh, a third of the shares back so i've got some extra money to play with so now i get to figure out what I want to do with this money. I already rolled some into my IRA to max that out for the end of the uh, the calendar year here. And um, yeah, I've uh, also looking at other options as to, or not stock options, but other opportunities to buy things at a discount. Uh, so a couple things that um, that I've already gone ahead and purchased. Let's, uh, let's get back over to things that I've been buying. And... Uh, let me see how I get back over there. You would think I'd have this figured out by now. But um, yeah, back on the orders tab here. Uh, like I said, I've still got some uh, some limit sales on NVIDIA up at 495. We'll see if that triggers. I did trim my position in NVIDIA being over 100% and uh, simply getting to more than 5% of my uh, portfolio. I did go ahead and trim some of that. So I've got some of that money to play with as well. Uh, some of the things that I already bought on this account uh, what did I get? I got uh, these are options. We bought some Disney. We bought, uh, I think that's a bit about it on this account. Now let's flip over to my IRA and see what I was doing over there. See which ones have actually executed. Uh, we bought some more enterprise product partners. We bought uh, some more MPW. We bought some more. Oh, these are actually back in May. This one was Bank of America. So what is open still? That might be a better way to go and look at this one. Uh, more MPW, more Bank of America, more CVS, more Enphase. Uh, so a couple different things here, more of that balanced approach. I mean, Enphase is going to be that growth stock. CVS, uh, I just believe, is going to be massively undervalued for what's going on over there. They did take on some more debt. They uh, they raised that debt level, but I, I looked at uh, free cash flow statements. It looks like over the next four years, they're going to be able to repay this debt and still be able to uh, operate, you know, pretty, uh, pretty safely. So I was comfortable with that. The dividend looks good. Uh, I, I think some was through some acquisitions that they, uh, went ahead and bought a, a couple different, uh, uh, one, I think one was an insurance company. Uh, I should probably know that a little bit better right now, but, uh, they did do some acquisitions and they have the cash flow in order to, uh, withstand what's going on over the next, uh, four years. Like I said, so I was fine with that one bank of America, 
simply because I believe that one is undervalued with the backdrop of everything that's going on in banking. Uh, so I went ahead and purchased some more there. Uh, and then MPW, uh, this one I just really believe is undervalued. And we also are getting about a 12% dividend. Uh, they sold off some of that business. They've got, uh, they, they shrunk down that debt. And uh, ultimately, I think they're going to have enough, uh, you know, cash flow to really cover the dividends and uh, kind of restructure the business a little bit in the way of the, the properties that they're actually holding and move higher from here. That's, uh, that's kind of my thought there. So uh, Plug Power, still another speculative growth name. So I've definitely got uh, some growth. I've got some, uh, some, you know, old guard names in the way of Bank of America, CVS, uh, dividend names in the, the middle three here, MPW, Bank of America, CVS, and again, Enphase for that growth. I still believe all of these have a very uh, high percentage of upside. Let's just take a look at them here for, for what the analysts are saying. I'm going to make a note of what I am buying so that way I can uh, kind of go back to my notes when I navigate off this page. CVS, Enphase. And uh, let's take a look here at Plug Power. I believe this one was about 70% uh, undervalued from a good amount of analysts here. Let's uh, let's take a look. Currently sitting at 1055. Uh, negative EPS. I know they're they're uh, giving more options and uh, offerings out there to the public. Uh, currently, there's about 74% of upside there. This is a long-term play for me. This is not going to be uh, an overnight success story, I don't think. Uh, but I do believe that this one is going to uh, to do well over time. I, I think it's definitely uh, in that renewable energy and another way to to go green. And we'll we'll ultimately see what happens there. Uh, Bank of America, we've got uh, currently trading at twenty nine nineteen, about twenty percent of upside. I'm guessing around a three percent dividend yield. And uh, yeah, exactly three percent dividend yield. So that one I believe is uh, is pretty safe. PEs at nine point two, which is remarkably. Uh, low, I think, for uh, for the S&P average being around a 15 to 17, depending when you're looking at it. Uh, I do believe that Bank of America is undervalued. I think they're going to come out uh, on top of all these different problems that are in the banking space. So again, I'm, I'm comfortable buying that one and building that position. Uh, Bank of America, did I? Yeah, that was 20%. Now, MPW, uh, let's take a look there at Medical Properties Trust. Uh, PE being about an 18. I know we look at uh, the FFO, the funds from operations on this one, and uh, their funds from operations look pretty uh, pretty safe in the amount of money that they are bringing in. We've got a quarterly dividend of 12.72%. So that is definitely a reason I'm uh, you know, averaging into this one to uh, get some more yield. And we've also got about 25 and a quarter percent of upside. So around 37% of upside. Uh, if we get to that average price target of 1150 and you include the dividend, uh, I think that is uh, uh, something I'm willing to take that risk on. Um, plus the factor in medical properties, I don't think those are going anywhere. We we often think of malls and other things, uh, shopping centers like that, office buildings being uh, highly at risk. But uh, I don't think that we're going to be doing uh, you know in-home uh, doctor's visits so much anymore. I think that's a thing of the past. So I, I'm very comfortable with uh, these medical properties. And uh, hopefully we get some of these payments from a couple different operators under control. I know that's definitely a risk with MPW. Uh, and then CVS, let's take a look here. And this one kind of blows my mind. We've got about 42% of upside on CVS. A lot of that is to do with that debt, the acquisitions that they went ahead and purchased earlier this year. We've got uh, PE of 22.9 and a quarterly dividend of three and a half percent. So I'm seeing some upside. I'm seeing some safety. Um, yes, there's some risk in the way of 
the debt that they have. I know that definitely got increased, but we've got the uh, green across the board from the analysts, strong buy, overweight, positive, uh, three buy ratings from you know the, the top analysts that I follow here on E-Trade. I do have a link in the description as far as uh, getting an account going. Uh, if you're looking at Trefis, they're saying 47% as well. Uh, so I'm definitely interested to see where this one goes from here. Um, and I, I'm comfortable buying CVS at this price point. I, I think it's a, a pretty safe play. Uh, so then end phase, uh, if you're following along in the solar, uh, area, this is going to be one of my favorite names for solar. Their micro inverter technology is one of the top in the industry. And, um, analysts have about 42 and a quarter percent of upside on this name. So, um, some of these are going to be safer names. Like I said, uh, bank of America, you know, about 20% of upside, 3% dividend. And then we've got some, and that's that's the lowest that I'm looking at right now was Bank of America at 20% of upside. Uh, MPW was close, but uh, they definitely have more of that dividend. So I'm comfortable buying this group of stocks right here right now. Uh, I know a lot of people are looking at tech and really looking to see where can I get into AI? How does it make sense? And man, the the more that I look, and I was really doing a lot of looking this week as I had some money coming in from some of the sale of Blackstone and from NVIDIA. Uh, you know, NVIDIA is still my number one position at the moment as it's run so much. But um, I, I don't know that I want to be buying really that much tech here. It's really, really tough to go ahead and add more. Uh, actually, you know what? This company might actually be my number one. I I'm trying to take a look here at my portfolio and see what I've got going. Uh, but it's really hard to find any severe values out there. There's a couple. There's some fintech names. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Salesforce and some of the cybersecurity names might be okay. But uh, when you're really looking at some of those names that have already run that are really the the trending, you know, top 10, it's a, it's a hard mix. And uh, I say that. And, you know, the S&P and the QQQ set new 52-week intraday highs this week. And uh, I definitely think that... Uh, there's going to be more than those top seven stocks that have really now contributing and really taken uh, this rally in stride, right? We definitely saw, um, you know, the, the top seven names, uh, the Facebooks, the Meta, the or Meta, uh, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, Tesla. We saw those run, right? Now we're seeing the other ones start to take, uh, you know, some of that gains in stride as well. So it's definitely nice to see the other stocks start to uh, participate. But it's definitely hard to find more values as more of them roll up. And I, I'm seeing a lot of that FOMO. I've talked about that thus far as well. And uh, man, that is definitely tricky to find these these deals that are out there and really be able to uh, you know, kind of capitalize on what's going on. So uh, I'm having a hard time with my, uh, my portfolio here, pulling up and seeing actually what, uh, what the market value is. So I'm going to try to go back on the phone. Um, and sometimes that kind of gets me off track as to what's going on here. Well, NVIDIA is number three for me. Apple, Tesla are barely above it. Microsoft, Google are right below it. Um, Amazon, Broadcom, and then AbbVie, and uh, shoot, probably about ninth at this point. So um, with that being said, uh, I know E-Trade is doing some uh, updates over the, the holiday weekend here, but uh, I'm not too sure as to why I'm having a hard time. But uh, when I am looking at Apple, this is kind of the, the valuation that uh, I thought might be beneficial for everyone to take a look at and really understand why I believe that uh, a company like Apple is being overvalued. 
and really where we go from here, right? And uh, I say that, and I believe that Apple is going to be the first three trillion dollar company. I think if we get to about a hundred and ninety one dollars uh, with my uh, my math here on the old TI eighty three, I believe that's when we get to about three trillion dollars. So uh, I think we'll be there, you know, very soon. We're sitting at one eighty five. And uh, currently, we're market cap is two point nine trillion, so we don't have a long way to go as far as that uh, that extra point one. And uh, hopefully, I can get Reuters pulled up here. This is being really uh, really difficult for me. But um, when I am looking at this, right, we've got a PE that's sitting at thirty one point five. Uh, the five year average for Apple sits generally in that twenty five uh, times multiple. And uh, then I'm looking at EPS. You know, this would be very convenient if something would work for me here. Um, I'm not getting either of these to work. So that is uh, definitely a challenge. I'm just going to close out of it on there and see if uh, I might even just pull up Yahoo Finance, see if I can't get that to go. But um, yeah, so we are trending higher than we normally do on that PE basis. And uh, that is definitely something that is going to be concerning. We're something like 26 to 28%. I don't have the numbers right in front of me at the time. But um, you know, we've got uh, a stock that is just going above that at that 31 times. We've also got uh, revenue for this calendar year set to decline, which a lot of people aren't really figuring. So that uh, that EPS number is going to be dropping down uh, to pre-22 levels. And uh, that is definitely going to be troublesome for Apple stock as well. So we've got uh, the EPS trending down while the PE is getting stretched higher. And... Uh, Let's see if I can't go ahead and, and pick this one up on um, on Yahoo here. Yep, Yahoo's saying it's overvalued as well. And uh, let me actually, let me take a break real quick. Let me see if I can't get this figured out and uh, I'll be right back. All right, I did get this, uh, this Reuters report figured out for Apple and uh, actually able to look at the numbers now. So that hopefully that'll help us here. You might want to uh, grab a piece of paper if you need some help in figuring out how to determine if a company is overvalued or not. And really, uh, this can help you, you know, value another company and see if their uh, their future uh, revenue and earnings per share actually put it into a, a an area where you want to go ahead and purchase those shares for yourself. So uh, when I'm looking at this Reuters report for uh, for Apple, we've got uh, a trailing PE that is uh, trading at a 25% premium. We've also got a forward PE that is trading at a 28% premium. Now, we aren't seeing 28% uh, EPS growth on this company, right? Or even revenue growth. We are actually seeing a 2.4% decline for 2023 on Apple. We uh, are also seeing uh, the EPS actually dropping for 23 as well. We uh, ended 2022 at $6.11. And we are projected for an average between 37 analysts for a uh, EPS of $5.97. So that's earnings per share. So if we write down $5.97 and then we multiply by that, uh, uh, that we can go either the, the trailing PE or go by that forward PE, right? The, the trailing is at 25.2. That is our five-year average. And if we go on a forward basis, it's 23.2. So now if we actually earn $5.97 for the year, we take 597 times 25.2. That is our trailing PE. That is sitting at $150. That is where uh, closer to a fair valuation as to where this stock historically trades. 
Now, if we look at um, the forward PE, 5.97 times only 23.2 on that forward basis, we are looking at future numbers. It's at 138. So we are trading at a premium compared to where this stock historically trades. Now, on the high end of things, if we want to say, you know what, I'm willing to bet that Apple does a little bit better. Uh, I think they're going to sandbag those numbers. And uh, this this number from last year at 611, I think we're going to beat it, right? Uh, and we go up to their, their next number. Let me get back to that. We've got, um, man, I'm way off on this sheet. We've got um, six dollars. Oh, that's for that's for next year. If we go, yeah, six dollars and twenty nine cents is the high number for twenty twenty three. And even if we go at a trailing basis of twenty five point two, that's one fifty eight fifty. So that is on the high side of things. If we go on the low, uh, that is valued at five dollars and forty three cents of earnings per share. And we look at twenty five point two on a five year average. That's at one thirty six. And we're trading what at 185. So you can see that there's a premium, right? Now, if I actually go out to next year and we say, you know what, I'm not concerned about what it does for this year. I want to buy Apple for what it's going to do next year. We're looking at uh, EPS by the end of 24 at $6.55. So $6.55 times 25.2. We're up to 165 uh, by the end of next year based on that average number. And if we look at the, the high side estimate at $7.25 multiplied by 25.2, we're at 182. So even if we hit the, the best case scenario based on what 37 different analysts are going to say, this should be trading at 182 uh, by the end of next year. Uh, so RPE is definitely stretched right now. Do I think that this can go higher? Do I think that the market wants to see this hit a $3 trillion valuation? Do I think that people are going to keep buying the S&P and the the um, the NASDAQ, which uh, Apple is a main component in? Yes, I do, which is going to push this one higher, right? And then ultimately, we do get a reset at some point, and uh, this one comes back down to earth. So uh, any way we cut it, right? These numbers are stretched right now. Whether we're looking at the current earnings per share, the low or the high estimate for 2024, at that historical valuation of a 25.2 PE. That was what it was over the past five years. And yes, the past five years has had uh, good and bad, but uh, Apple did run up remarkably during that time as well. So I guess my point here is you you can definitely take a look at these numbers. Uh, if you're on Reuters, that is, that's my favorite way to find it. Uh, I know there's other ways. You can get Yahoo Premium. You can get all the different uh, you know tip ranks or Motley Fool or however you're signing up. But uh, this is one of my favorite ways to look at the valuation of a stock, uh, what it's trading at now versus what it should be trading at. So you can definitely find uh, those uh, those numbers helpful. Uh, you can also look at those future uh, earnings numbers, right? Not only is, uh, hey, the, we're, we're earning X now, but uh, hey, if we're going to be earning you know, 30, 40% more next year at the end of next year, and it's not priced in yet to that stock or it's at a discount. I would say, hey, that's probably a solid buy, even if it's at that low end and we're uh, you know, trading at a share price that is under that earnings estimate time their historical PE. I say, hey, man, that that is a sign that uh, things are undervalued right now. And it looks like a sign for me to go ahead and buy this one. So uh, definitely take a look and do a little bit of math, right? It's not too hard. All we're doing is going EPS for the year, multiply by your PE 
which this company normally trades at, which is all available on Reuters. Uh, and then you figure out your share price and where you want to be for the next uh, at least, you know, a couple of years. You can figure that out on there. You can do a, a further discounted uh, a cash flow you know, model to see what we should be buying now compared to what this stock is going to be worth in 10 years. But you're using a lot more guesses as to where this company is going to be, how much Apple is going to be making in the year 2033 as opposed to uh, 2024 or 25. Uh, you're taking a lot more guesses into that situation. But um, take a look at it, right? You you can simply do the math for for any different company there. So, um, you know, hey, let's uh, let's run through another one. What do we want to look at? Um, it's easier to look at something. Hey, let's look at United Health. That one's been in the news. They uh, are trading down on the fact of uh, a lot more people having delayed surgeries from the uh, the pandemic. You know, a lot of people weren't doing these elective surgeries, and now they're going ahead and doing them. So uh, we're currently at 458. This one has had a rough five days. We went from 497 to 453. Is it worth buying? Uh, currently, we've got a PE of 20.94. Let's look at the Reuters report here, and let's try to figure out if this one could potentially be a buy. We've got uh, earnings for... Well, we've got a price target of 26% upside. I like that. We've got uh, earnings per share for 23 at uh, 24.91 is supposed to be the average. So 24.91 multiply out by our historical PE on uh, United Health, UNH, which is 22.5. And if we go 24.91, let me see if I can get this calculator back on 24.91 times 22.5 $560 right and we're trading at 4 465 as of close on Friday so yeah this one's going to be undervalued in my mind if we look at uh, the numbers for next year are they going up uh they are it's going to be 28 and uh 4 cents $28.04 4 cents. so 2804 times 22.5 and we're at $630. So if we can buy a stock now for 460 and it's supposed to be at 630 based on fair valuation and earnings that's projected at the average and we're going to be making uh what $170 per share over the course of the next 18 months. Uh yeah, that one's going to get the nod for me, right? You can see how this one is going to have some upside, be undervalued right now. It's got a little bit of negative news out there in the street uh with the people that are pro um, delayed the surgeries to go ahead and now they're they're going and, and getting the surgeries. Uh, I think that United Health is going to figure that out and say, hey, you know, if this actually is a worst case scenario and we get the low side of the estimate, right? That is $26.80 per share of earnings by their historical average of 22 times uh, a PE, we're still north of $600. We're at 603. And remind you, we're trading at 465 right now. So we've got about $140 of upside that we can get from simply buying a discounted stock when people are looking at tech. Hey, we're going to look at uh, you know healthcare, right? That is a, a solid way to make long-term money. I'm not saying you can't make money on Apple right now. That is not my point. I think if you buy Apple now and you hold it for five years, you're fine, right? Uh, but I think there's a better entry for Apple. Uh, and I think the better stock to buy right now uh, for the next 18 months, I'm going to give that nod to uh, United Health in this situation, right? There, there could be some bumps in the road for both of them. But um, 
I'm comfortable buying United Health at this uh, the, at this price point. So I'm actually going to go ahead and write that one down. Right, that is going to be on this week's investing challenge, uh, and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about that. So stick around. Let's see what other stocks we can find out there that are going to give us some good value to go ahead and buy right now for the next 18 months. Let's go ahead and do that. So I'll be right back. All right, we are back here. And uh, it's actually been quite the day here on Father's Day for me. I've been pulled in every which direction, but uh, we are finally back uh, recording Sunday night. And um, yeah, we've got uh, five stocks again that uh, I want to take a look at. But uh, first, I did want to mention, if you need some help getting started, I have uh, some links in the description for E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And uh, we're doing the investing challenge over there at... Uh, uh, Weeble, and that is uh, where I'm doing $200 a week based on the results of a poll that we do on our Facebook page, and that is Let It Grow Investing on Facebook, and uh, there's a link in the description for that as well. So uh, this past week, we were looking at uh, five different names. We were looking at uh, Abbott Labs, uh, who was trading down off of so, some slowdown in business, as well as Johnson & Johnson. That was number two. They had a slowdown due to some lawsuits uh, from that talc powder case, we had Kroger, which is still looking to buy Albertsons to be the number two largest uh, grocery uh, store in the U.S. We had uh, Laser, uh, with ticker was Laser, L-A-Z-R, which is Luminar Technologies. Uh, They're doing LIDAR in EVs. They have contracts with Volvo, with Xpeng, and uh, they're growing in that space. So, you know, definitely uh, one that is going to be more speculative in uh, nature, but uh has a lot more upside potential than some of the other names. And then number five was going to be Etsy. You can get uh, custom goods, uh, one-off items made for uh, your individual needs by people from around the world. So um, long story short, we are going to be buying Kroger. Uh, ticker is KR. They actually just reported earnings uh, this past week. And uh, they had an outperformance on the earnings per share. It was a dollar fifty-six, I believe. I wrote down here versus a dollar forty-six expected. So they outperformed there, and the revenues came in a little bit under. We had uh, about forty-five point two billion dollars versus uh, forty-five point three billion dollars uh, was the uh, or the the estimate was uh, a little bit higher than what they actually made. So I still think that that is a a strong pick. Uh, the the earnings report isn't scaring me. I think that uh, you know earning a little bit more on a little bit less rev, uh, revenue ultimately is uh, is a good situation, right? We want to be able to earn more per share uh, with less money coming in. That's uh, that's definitely a a better option than uh, more revenue, but none of it made to the made it to the bottom line. We were paying too much for material, for labor, for shipping, and uh, in this case, that's not what we saw. So. Uh, over the course of the month, they did trade down from around $50 a week, closed out Friday at $46.17. So I'm pretty happy to get this one a little bit lower than where we've been seeing it over the course of the past month. We've got about 14% of upside and uh, the current dividend yield is uh, about two and a quarter percent. So I will be buying Kroger, ticker KR, $200 uh, on this Monday for uh, week 25. Now, uh, when we're going forward, uh, I already mentioned the first one. Uh, that name is United Health. Uh, ticker is UNH. Now, this one is not one that normally goes on sale, right? So when I see some of these healthcare stocks uh, take this nosedive, we uh, we already know why. 
they got hit with uh, more people trying to have surgeries and going in for uh, uh, you know healthcare visits for things that they delayed from the pandemic. So now the the costs for United Health are creeping up. We saw uh, similar from uh, the other the next company, which was going to be Humana. They came out and said basically the same thing uh, that uh, people were really looking to get uh, more things done. But now with Humana, you are getting a company that trades at uh, a little bit less of a PE. So it's 18.85 times. Uh, the dividend is about the three quarters of 1%, but we do have about 36% of upside on Humana. So another one that's got a good amount of upside, we know what the problems are. Uh, and uh, like I said, on uh, United Health, there's about 28.6% of upside. So Humana has uh, a little bit more on that way of uh, upside target on uh, the uh, basis of 15 different analysts. In my mind, both of these companies are definitely in undervalued territory right now. Uh, so I'm definitely looking at both of these for those reasons. I will probably be buying uh, some more United Health for my portfolio this week. And um, I would like to add it to the uh, the investing challenge portfolio as well. So those are two that I'm definitely interested in right now for those uh, those reasons, right? I think people are a little bit scared. I think that's going to be short lived, and uh, ultimately these people are going to get these uh, procedures done. Uh, Might have made their numbers look better during the pandemic, and uh, yes, we had more problems with pandemic, uh, you know, insurance cases than we really previously thought. Uh, what they expected, really. And, you know, now some of these other things have been delayed. So I'm still bullish on these long term. They've got the insurance numbers down to a science. And uh, I think that they will be fine. Right. Uh, and if they need to, they can raise premiums. And really, where are people going? They still need health care. And it's still going to be the, the way of the world is to get uh, health care through one of these major players in the space. So uh, number one, United Health. United uh, number two is going to be Humana, H-U-M. Uh, number three, let's uh, let's move on forward and take a look at Enphase. And um, I am still bullish on Enphase, right? I still said, uh, you know, I'm looking to buy this one for my own portfolio. There's about 42% of upside. We've got a PE that is trending at 53 times, which, uh, you know, compared to some of these other companies, seems very high. But um, this one is a growth company, right? They are a, definitely a growth company. They are still making uh, about $3.43 per share. Uh, I think we are in a safe place to buy this one. It has trended down over the past year from a high of 336. Now, I understand that uh, what, what could possibly be wrong to bring this one down uh, by you know half in the course of the past year. And uh, yeah, a lot of things with Enphase, it really got ahead of itself. And uh, then people kind of sold off as interest rates started going up. So now that, uh, you know, this thing kind of bottomed, it's uh, slowly, you know, going up with the market. It's been one of those stocks that really hasn't kept up with the other, with the rest of the S&P 500. And now I think it is actually going to turn a corner and people are going to realize that this is in value territory right now. So uh, again, when I'm looking at this one, we've got a five-year return of 3,072%. Uh, so, you know, we wish we'd have bought this one five years ago, but uh, we still see some value in it now, right? That's how I look at it. We've got five broker upgrades in the last 120 days. Like I said, about 42% of upside. We've got uh, annual revenues increasing for 23, 31%. And by 2024, the end of the year will be up 64%. We've had six uh, positive earnings reports over the last six quarters. 
Uh, so all those numbers look great. Maybe they're sandbagging a little bit and, uh, you know, under promising and over delivering. Uh, I'm okay with that, right? That's not a terrible situation, but uh, we are trading at a discount. Uh, 38% discount on trailing PE, forward PE is a 38% discount as well. So uh, again, we're getting this thing under where it historically trades. Those revenues are going up. The earnings per share are going up. Uh, you know, in 22, we made $4.62. And then, you know, the average for 23 is $5.61. And then, oh, by the way, in 24, it goes up to $7.38. So those earnings are going to go up uh, almost $3 in the next uh, year and a half. And I don't think that that is priced in yet either. So again, if we look at uh, earnings of you know, 738 for the end of next year, and we multiply that out by where was their five-year average on that PE was an 84.7. We've got a stock price of $625. Uh, now remind you that is, you know, the current valuation of the trailing PE and uh, what the average uh, analyst estimate says for earnings per share for 2024. So right now we are at 180. Uh, do I think that we're going to continue to be priced at that 84 times multiple? Probably not. But even if we priced it at, um, you know, say the 50 that we're at right now, which is still a 38% discount or 52 times uh, 0.8, and we multiply that out by 738, uh, it's going to be $389. So any way you cut it, this one, in my opinion, is undervalued. And even if we look at the uh, the low end, well, the low end, this is a big range on this stock versus Apple. The low end being $4.53. Uh, the high estimate for 2024 is $9.37. So 4.53 times, say, 52.8, and you're at 239. So we still have, uh, you know, uh, $60 of upside by the, by the end of next year with the low PE and the low. Uh, conservative EPS numbers. So I still think there's plenty of upside no matter how you cut this one. And uh, for those reasons, I am looking to buy some. I told you I already bought some for my uh, IRA. I'm going to continue to do that, right? That is where some of my money from Blackstone is going to go. So uh, that is number three. Number four, and this one we were buying last year at this time. So I uh, want to give us the option again. So take a look at Amazon. Ticker is AMZN. And, you know, this one has had a bit of a run, but, um, uh, yeah, back in, where are we? Probably about, uh, December, I'm going to say we're about $81 and 80 cents. Uh, the low was 81.43 in January, actually. Uh, so now we're trading up at 125. The PE is through the roof, right? It's at 306. But again, when you look at this, they had negative numbers at the end of this past year, probably from some write downs, some different things where they were trying to cut some costs and make some numbers go away and make it look like they had a, a loss, right? Uh, they had uh, actual negative numbers on their earnings per share, but we all know that they are okay. And uh, these numbers are really rebounding. So we had a negative 0.27 in EPS for Amazon. Uh, that's why a lot of people worry about how these large companies are taxed, right? Uh, and then in 2023, we're going to rebound to about $1.57 a share. And then by 2024, up to $2.58 a share. So right now, based on that earnings per share uh, estimate, 
we are way around that PE estimate. We are way overvalued compared to a PE. But uh, then we go forward and take a look at the future numbers. And we understand that, hey, this thing is uh, it's pretty evenly valued, right? It's a 2% discount compared to the five-year average on that forward PE metric. So I still see some uh, some upside here. We're still getting in a company that's going to be continuing to find some growth where Apple really is not. You know, They've got negative numbers on revenue growth for this year and only 4% by the end of next year, where Amazon has 9% growth for 23 and 22% growth by the end of 24. And this is a massive, massive company. Uh, again, another one that is going to be in that S&P 7, that uh, those seven stocks that really rose exponentially at the start of this year. And, uh, you know, it's going to get bought up by all these people buying the S&P that are buying QQQ. And uh, I think one that we can definitely uh, be comfortable buying, know that we're not paying ridiculous numbers, uh, even though the PE looks like it's stretched. It's really not when you look at the forward numbers that we are projecting for the end of this year and next year. So that is number four, Amazon. I really don't need to explain as to why this one is a powerhouse. And we're still getting a decent valuation on it last uh, right now, uh, just like we were last year. So uh, that is number four. Uh, number five, this one, uh, I was looking at a utility to buy for my IRA, right? Uh, so I was looking at some of the usual suspects. I was looking at Dominion. I was looking at Duke Southern. Uh, but the one that I'm going to put up for uh, for debate this week is going to be Next Era Energy. And that ticker is NEE, -E, right? And uh, when I'm looking at Next Era, I'm looking at uh, a Forbes article here as well. Uh, and it says, when it comes to clean energy, this Juno Beach, Florida company dominates this market. They own Florida Power and Light, which serves more than 5.7 million customer accounts and 11 million residents across Florida. Also owns Next Era Energy Resources, uh, which together their affiliated entities create the world's largest generator of renewable energy from wind and sun, as well as being a world leader in battery storage. Uh, so they generate clean emission-free electricity from seven commercial nuclear power plants located in Florida, Wisconsin, and New Hampshire. So instead of looking, uh, really leaning into the natural gas in your typical electrical company, uh, I was looking for something that is going to give us that clean power. That is the buzzword other than AI that we hear about so much. And um, it might be on the back burner right now, but I think uh, when it comes time for elections, we're going to you know, really uh, stir up the, uh, the clean green energy talk again. And uh, I think Next Era Energy is just a, a great company for that. So 10-year average annualized return of 17.4%. That is massive compared to some of these other uh, utility companies. When I'm looking at Southern, theirs is a 9.5. Uh, Duke's 10-year average annualized return was 7.4. Um, I don't have... Uh, Dominion was 3.1, right? Dominion's going to pay you about 5.3% in a dividend. Um Duke was about 4.5% in a dividend. Southern was 3.9%. And yes, you know, Next Air Energy comes in light at 2.43. But you're getting a company that's going to grow. I think it's in the right markets. It's growing this, uh, this clean, natural energy, um, all these resources. It's got the buzzwords factor behind it. It's, uh, it's actually priced pretty uh, reasonably, too. The, the PE on this one is 225 
I believe Duke was about 18 and a half. So you're paying a little bit more of a premium to get this one, but it does have a lot more growth. So I am okay with that for this uh, for this debate here of what stock or what utility to buy and which one is really going to outperform going forward. There's currently about 25% of upside on this one also. So we've got uh, earnings per share tracking up very nicely over the, the course of 23 and 24. Uh, revenues growing about 19% in 23 and 28% by the end of 24. So this one's a utility, but it's going to more or less trade as like a growth stock of sorts, right? You're also getting a company that is committed to the dividend growth. They have upped this dividend 10.3% uh, over the past year. The dividend payout is also lower than most other utility companies, right? This one is at 53. I'm still comfortable with that. I know that they can up this more and they're going to continue to do that. Uh, a lot of the other utility companies, I think Duke was only a 2% dividend growth. So that was, you know, as you know, eroded by inflation over the course of the last year. That 2% really meant nothing. So this one, uh, you know, I think I have a little bit more long-term uh, time horizon on, and I can see that I will grow with this stock, right? So that's the five that I got for you guys this week. We've got United Health, uh, Humana, uh, both for very similar reasons, Enphase due to being, uh, I believe, undervalued. Amazon for the fact that uh, it is one of the the large companies that I still think is somewhat fairly valued, regardless of what that PE would lead you to believe. And then Next Era Energy for the fact of I was looking for a safer utility company to add to my IRA that is still going to get me a good amount of growth. So that's the five. Uh, it's it's getting tougher out there to really pick names that seem to be undervalued, but hopefully you can understand through some of the numbers that I tried to explain. Uh, just how you can figure it out yourself. You don't have to look at other people's guess as to what it's going to be in 12 months. You can actually take the numbers yourself, plug them in, and see what uh, you can come up with. And uh, you know, some of these stocks that are going to be more growth-oriented in nature, uh, you know, things can go along or wrong along the way. But uh, I definitely think that uh, you know some of them that are in these these massive mega cap names are just getting to the point where they're not worth buying at this point. Or you might want to just nibble at them here or there, right? So uh, I'm comfortable with the five that I came up with. I'm curious to see what you guys think about them. Please let me know uh, in the comments, uh, either on Spotify or over on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Make sure to get your votes in for uh, week 26. And I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.